Hi, and welcome to the Same 24 Hours Podcast. I'm Meredith Atwood, author of the book, The Year of No Nonsense. I'm a former attorney turned writer, speaker, and Ironman triathlete. Although right now, all I really like to do is lift weights. We all have the same 24 hours, but it's what we do in those hours that leads to our greatest health, happiness, and success. It's my goal to crack the code on a life of less nonsense so we can all make the most of our 24 hours. So let's get started. I'm dead. Um, went to K-State um, University for a couple of years and um, stayed in the Midwest. And I now have um, five girls who are absolutely amazing, powerful, and, and just wonderful. And I have a really yummy husband who's like, com, <laughs> right? And, and he's got um, a great name, too. What's his name? Olivier. Olivier. See, I knew that. I heard it on something. I was like, oh, I got to remember his name. Olivier. That's a yes. nice name. He, he's a nice guy, nice name, and just all kinds of just yummy. All kinds. <laughs> so that's a whole nother podcast. That's, that's another nother- one. We're not there yeah. yet. Yes, but I can tell you, <laughs> I, I can definitely. Um, and just my background, I did beauty for 20 years and went into the TV industry and um, worked my way up to TV hosting um, for a local station here in Kansas City as a fill-in TV host. Um, I have always done life coaching, and I'm actually in uh, my master's program to become a therapist, clinical therapist. Nice. And I, yeah, yeah. Uh, or not we'll nice, see. I don't know. <laughs> but you know, it's what I do. It's my connector, right? I am so, I am that person that will encourage, motivate, um, inspire, right? I'm that person that will get that, that stuff you don't want to talk about. It's just going to come out with me. It, it just is. But then we're going to go through the healing process. We're going to, yeah. because a lot of times when we have trauma or issues, we want to set it to the side, right? Right. But it doesn't feel mess. good. You're like, right. Mm. But I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. We have to tread those muddy waters. But I can promise you, you're going to come back being the best version of you. And that's what it's about, evolving and becoming that best version of who you're supposed to be on this earth. That living your best life. And so that's what I do. Yeah, that's just a little cemented about me. Well, you're magic. And I met you through two magical people, Britt Frank and Crystal Lampett. I mean, if I hadn't gone to Kansas for six months, I don't know where my life would be. So any of you who poo-poo the Midwest, that's where I found magic. I found magical people and magical healing. And so it's some truth there. They are absolutely wonderful human beings that they definitely add to your life. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, they're wonderful. All right. So let's get down and dirty. I'm ready. Let's do it. Um, this is Latrice, everyone who just joined. She is, she's, she's the first one I'm talking to. And so I want to make a disclaimer. 
I am clumsy. And, and Latrice said, oh, but you, you, I have to be professional. I'm like, oh, no, you, you don't know me. You'll know me real quick. I am clumsy. I am going to say the wrong thing. I, and, and that, so white people that are joining, this is the part you don't want to do, right? This is why you don't say anything. You don't, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mess up a lot in the next, I've got four of these over the next few days and more in the pipeline. I'm going to mess up, but I want us to talk and openly, and Latrice is a great intro for me because she's very kind. <laughs> um, not that I deserve, you know, that's part of the narrative too. Like, do we really need more kindness? No, but I appreciate it. <laughs> but here's the beautiful thing about it. Um, you know, yeah, and when I say white people, I say it with love because I love my white sisters and brothers. Please hear me. Um, but when... And I know some of my black sisters and brothers are a little irritated with the white people saying, well, what can I do? How do you feel? What's wrong? You know, how can I know more? What you have to understand about the American system, it was never designed to know who we were. It was never designed to humanize us as black people. So you not knowing a lot about us that's how it's supposed to work in America. Mm. Yeah, you mentioned before we started talking that the system was not broken. The system is doing exactly what it was designed to do. So talk about the system. I'm reading um, Layla Syed's book, Me and White Supremacy, and I'm taking pen to paper. And I've noticed um, what she, she talks about, like the term white supremacy, why she didn't term her book, Me and White, um, Not So Niceness, or, or Me and Privilege, because the term white supremacy encompasses the system and how it was designed yeah. to protect whiteness to, and may, why don't you, maybe you describe it, because I'll, I'll, I'll clumsy it up. <laughs> Here, here's the thing. So the system, everyone's like, the system's broke. We need to fix the system. It is not broke. It was designed to dehumanize us as black people. Because if you can dehumanize me, then I don't have value. So you can hit me. You can beat me. You can spit on me. You can kill me. You can call me names because I am not a human. Mm. Right. And so the things that are going on and have been going on this, like I think Will Smith coined the term that this has always been happening. It's just being filmed, filmed now, now, right? Yeah. Because I, because I'm going to talk, I'm going to walk you through my journey, right? But in the midst of it, the system's not is not broke. We need a new system if we're going to make everyone on the same playing field, okay? But because the system was designed to keep the white people here and us down here, not even here, not even here, because um, the more we can devalue someone, the more their life doesn't matter, right? It, it just doesn't. So the system is not broken. Stop saying that, white people. The system <laughs> is not broken. It is, it is doing what it was designed to do, to kill us, to devalue us, to mistreat us, to make us feel that we are inferior to you. So, no, it's doing its job. It absolutely is. Yeah. Yeah. And, one, and one of the things I've seen come up, and, and I would never propose to reframe anything Dr. Maya Angelou says, 
but she has the quote, when you know better, you do better. But I've noticed the big question I feel is why didn't I know better? Well, because <laughs> like sooner. Yeah. You didn't have to. Again, going back to the system, you don't have to know what it's like for me to walk outside and make sure I look a certain way so I'm not judged because I'm black. And I'm not even a light-skinned black. I'm dark, big lips, big booty, big hips, right? That's a whole nother level. Yeah. Maybe if I was light skin, long hair, you you may get a little past, not much. It depends on what region you're in. But explain that real quick, pass. Well, if I look more like you, Mm -hmm. okay, if I look more like you, then I'm a little more acceptable. I'm not as threat or, you know, you're, you're not threatened by me because you have to understand all of this is mental. All of this has been, we, they tap into everyone's mental capacity of how we should just, I'm going to tell you some, um, some things that have happened. Um, some, um, what is it called? Experiments that have happened to get into the whole cognitive, all of that, to make you view things in a certain way yes. because it brings fear or yes. it brings a bias to you, right? So um, so with that, and see, you got to keep me on track because I got No, there's minutes. no track. And even if I we run out minutes. of... <laughs> Even if we run out of time on Instagram, we will keep going on Zoom and it's good. So, so um, no track. So so you can't be mad at yourself when you never had a need to know anything. Because mm. again, America's not designed to cater to us. It's a it's designed to cater to you. So that's why I have to know how to act around you. That's why I, my kids have to know how to act at a store because you don't want to be accused of stealing or anything like that. You don't have to worry. That's no. why when my husband and I walk around our predominantly white neighborhood, we have to wear certain things and we can't make real quick moves just in case. In fact, the other day we were running and my husband was like, did we be running? Mm. And I was like, you know, wow. <laughs> you know, well, listen. And so, so you being curious about us has never been a priority because it didn't need to be because you were running America. And well, and you were safer running with, well, your husband was safer running because you were with him. Safer, but now, um, yes, safer with me. But still, even that, I wore bright clothes yeah. on purpose, the pinks. So that's my life. That's my husband's life, right? And we do not ever think about that. And, right. I, and I know white women are like, oh, I'm scared to run. I'm scared. But you're probably scared of the black people, right? That's why you're scared of running. Like, what? Like, let's talk about why are we scared of running but we're still not thinking about what we're wearing. Not to that degree. I mean, I think, you know, there's that. And I think that leads us to white fragility and the whole, whole shebang. Absolutely. And I think we have to be okay 
having these conversations and talking about the realness of everything. It is ugly and it is uncomfortable on both sides, right? But if we start talking about it, bringing awareness, doing action towards a goal, right? Then we can, we can wipe all this out. But first I need my white sisters and brothers not to, when you say trees, man, you know, I empathize with you. Um, but hmm. when I was 12 years old, I was scared because I don't give, I don't give, <laughs> listen, my husband's a minister. Let me, let me know. Here, I'll go and you say, beep, go ahead. <laughs> you know, or I, I was talking it's to like one. that one time at band camp. Like, is, yeah. is that what you hear? Like, oh, really? That one time at band camp? Like, are you kidding me right now? Let me tell you this. Oh, my husband's on. Hi, Olivier. Oh, Olivier. She said you were yummy. <laughs> I'm just telling. Oh, he's, like, <laughs> he's like, I know. Well, he's always like, do you have to use that word to it's describe a, It's it? an effective word. That one, that one trans, that goes across all racial lines. Everyone knows what yummy means. <laughs> That's my point. That's yeah, my it's point. It's a good one. <laughs> but I was telling um, Olivier that I was talking to my girlfriend who's white and who I love dearly. And so I was sharing some of my experience because even growing up, she didn't know what was going on because she was the blonde, blue-eyed girl, right? And um, And in that, I was telling her because my husband is an exec at... Um, a store here in town and he was walking down the aisle of, of the store and a little white girl. Um, and so he was like, Oh, let me turn around because, yep. and so this is what she said. Yeah. My husband would have done the same thing just because he's a man. Do not minimize my experience. I know she didn't mean no harm, but this is what I'm talking about. You have to own it. You have to own. It wasn't just a man thing. It was because he was black that his fear was no one's going to say anything about me. Right. So then I explained to her that in leadership that he's in, he always has to be calm and cool, not only because he's black, but because he is from a whole nother country. Right. A whole nother continent. And so anything that is rough or aggressive, like, you know, his counterparts can come in cussing, you know, throwing things and it's okay. Right. Oh, Larry's upset. But if he does it because he's six two and, you know, it's, oh God, oh, should we call the police? What's happening? What, you know? And so, um, so my husband's always on alert. Right. And so her comment was, yeah, I compare it to my husband who was in the war. And, you know, when he was in the enemy's territory, right, that he was always on alert. Here's my question. First of all, you chose to be in the army. Mm-hmm. My husband didn't choose to be black. And then are you equating his life to war? <laughs> let's let's go down the list of potential problems with your analogy here. Yes. Right. So, so that's what I'm saying that 
you know, that's why white people now have to stay curious and really get in those uncomfortable situations to really get it, what we're saying. Because if you really get what we're saying, you're not going to say those things. And let's take this scenario of walking down the supermarket aisle a little step further for those who may not quite get it. So my husband, also a yummy white man, (laughs) he'll be like, did you call me yummy? That's a new one. Um, So thank you, Latrice, like you gave him that. Um, But my yummy white husband turns down an aisle and there is a five-year-old white girl. He is not going to think twice about walking down that. And he will probably say, hey, sweetheart, because we're from the South. Okay. Yeah. Nothing will happen to that man. I mean, he may, she may have a, um, a snippy mom who's like, you don't talk to my daughter. And he'll be like, oh my God, ma'am, I'm sorry. That's the end of it. The cops will never be called. The news media will never be called. There will never be a phone that says, I'm going to say that you are assaulting me in a black, none of that. Your husband, what could it look like for him? Like, let's play the scenario of what him walking down the supermarket aisle and just walking down. And what if he even said hello, which he wouldn't do, right? It wouldn't cross his mind to do that. He's running. He's turning around because here's, here's the narrative of it. If he walks down that aisle, the mom is looking for her daughter and sees him passing right. his, her daughter. She's going to automatically see something different. Not all the time. But typically, because if you already have a bias, you already have an opinion of what you see. Yes. So right then, there's a problem. What are you doing? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Come here. Let Nancy, you know, that type of situation. Jennifer. Jennifer. Right. Nancy's so, old school white name, Jennifer. Well, see, I'm old. See, I'm <laughs> That's what, so, no, I, I I understand Nancy, but I'm thinking the millennials that are listening. Let's go to okay. Jennifer, Sydney, Sydney. Sydney. Yeah. Okay, so you know, and so it's those things. Um, you know, I was listening to one of my mentors, um, speaking on, um, you know, they did an experiment, and I'm kind of chopping it up, but you can definitely Google and get the details of it but basically they took um and it's a yell it was a yell story um oh gosh i want to say give me give me grace let's say 2015 to 2017 i don't know exactly what year but it was a at a yell study they took preschool teachers white preschool teachers and they did a blind experiment where um And I don't know exactly what that meant because they had to eventually see these kids. But and I'm reading what it said. It was um, they saw. So what they did, they saw a white girl, white boy, black girl, black boy. And they said immediately, these kids are, you know, misbehaving. Right. And so when they put the eyes on the kids, the trick of it was that no one really, none of them had bad behavior, but they went ahead oh. and said that. Yeah. Okay. The, the teachers 
went straight to the black boy. Wow. Okay. Now, of course, I'm not giving it justice, so please look that up. It's a Yale study. But the fact that there was four kids, these teachers, they said they all had bad behavior. Right. Four rotten kids. (laughs) Right. Their (laughs) eye tracking went straight to the black boy. Yeah. So that tells you, again, what did I tell you? The system isn't broken. It's working according to how they planned it, right? Yes. With my girls, my husband and I are, are always advocates. They they know the kabuyas. Listen, and but there was an incident with, and it was a very minor incident. But I knew that it was based on bias, based on a white girl telling on my black child. Who does not get in trouble? Like she's 10, but she acts 20, right? Yeah. She's just not that chick. You know, not like me in school. <laughs> but I don't believe but, it. Right. Okay. <laughs> and we're gonna talk about that. But um, but the fact was the and she was um Asian. The fact was the reason why I challenged her, because she went to my daughter and another black student. And reprimanded them based on what a white girl told her. I said, did you ever get the, you know, the feedback or the side of, you know, my daughter and another young lady? And she, she did it. Hmm. Let me tell you this. I'm a Christian. I love the Lord with all of my heart. But what you're not going to do is mess with my kids. So. You know, my husband is, you know, the sweet, you know, come on, baby. You know, now he don't play either. But my point (laughs) was, um, this is what you see. You did that to me in school, but you're not going to do it. Mm. Let me tell you that now. okay? in school, because I told you I went to Tonganoxy grade school, Tonganoxy middle school and Tonganoxy high school. Don't judge me. That's how small it is. And and don't get me wrong. I had some great experience. Please understand. I love growing up country. I love the cows, pigs, chicken. I love my white people. Right. I used to tan with them. Listen, as dark as I am, I would be out there suntan and two. Don't play with me. I can do it all. <laughs> there was times where I now now I know, but at the time and my parents weren't they grew up at a time and I love my parents. I have amazing parents, but white was right. Okay. Mm. The system has even messed the us up. Okay. And so I remember second grade, Miss Hurst class. I remember one day like three adults came and got me and took me downstairs to what's called a lab for the slow people. And so I'm sitting there trying to figure out what's going on. And, you know, I had to do work for about three hours in this lab. And they took me, it was like a Tuesday and Thursday. It was like every other day or something like that. And they did this for a couple of weeks you know, and I never said anything to my parents because, again, authority is authority. Right. And my parents didn't say anything. 
And, you know, they could get away with a lot more back then. And so um, I remember being there for about two or three weeks. Now, let me tell you the type of student I was. I got my work done before anyone else. I'm, I was the helper. I was everything, right? And I, we would have one, twos, or threes, one being like an A. Mm-hmm. I always had ones on my uh, report card. And, and the thing is, these people that were in the lab were slow, you know, um, in terms of learning things. Um, they were, um, they had some type of um, disability of some sort, okay? And so I remember like, I don't belong, you know, this is so weird. And it would just be so uncomfortable. And, but, you know, as a little girl, you're just like, okay. Um, after a couple of weeks, I heard the adults say, we, we can't keep her here. She's not meant to be down here. We, we, we can't keep her. There's nothing else we can do. Nothing else we can do? So, so when I heard that, wow. I never went back down there, but I carried it because I, I never could process it. Right. Until I became an adult and start understanding they was playing me. You know, they put me down there because I was black. That was that was it. And they said they couldn't keep me down there. How evil is that? Yeah. How evil. Yeah. Here we go. Latrice's journey. Wow. White people, you don't have that. We don't have that. And 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 back to the conversation about the the supermarket just for a second, because I thought of something. I am not immune from that. And I want to be real that yeah. my snap judgment, Malcolm Gladwell calls it a thin slice, you know, blink uh-huh. would would be like, oh dear God. Because mm-hmm. I grew the way I was raised was exactly yeah. the way oh, the fair. system wants me to be. And then, but knowing where I'm at now would be like, why? Like I'm conscious. And so I think step one, and correct me if, if you disagree, is to own that in ourselves. Oh, you have to. Yeah. In anything, whether it's racism, prejudice, um, unforgiveness. In order to move past that that thing that's holding you down, you have to own it. Yeah. You have to admit. You have to admit to it, right? As ugly as it can be, as ugly as it can make you feel, really that's a good thing because you'll change. You'll right. want to change and you'll stay curious to know what the healthy part of it is. What is healthy when I see a black man and my little white daughter? What is healthy, right? So we have to own it first. Then we have to also, and in that is taking action, but then we really have to, you know, my white sisters and brothers, you have to, like I said earlier, get uncomfortable. Yeah. That means you're always the majority. Where are you going to be the minority? Because, you know, and I, I'm always challenging because, for instance, you know, even once I finished my degree, 
you know, I asked one of the head, heads, I said, why is it there more black professors? I said, we want to be taught and we want to see representation. And they were like, you know, we've tried and um, we just, we can't get them. They're not applying. I said, that's a lie. Let me tell you why. Because it doesn't give you any, any money, any incentive. I said, because you find our black boys to play basketball for you, to play football. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yes. There's no problem there. Oh, don't do that. Don't do that mm. to me. You know, and so... So you have to make yourself and make your teacher kids to be in situations that are not comfortable. Why are you okay always being the majority? Why is that okay? Why don't you have friends that don't look like you? Why aren't you in groups that don't look like you? I'll tell you our white answer to that, why we don't have friends. They don't want us. Okay. And I'm going to tell you who told you that. My white white family. (laughs) (laughs) Part of the system to keep me safe and privileged and in power. Exactly. Right there. Ding, ding, ding. You got it. Absolutely. Can we look how red I look? I mean, that's one good thing about being black is you don't wear your shame on your chest. I mean, I am literally feeling like hot right now because it's this is hard y'all this is uncomfortable and i'll tell you what's uncomfortable is when and this is not about me but i want to share the story on facebook well two years ago i was at an event in boston i was talking to my friend and i said i am not going to ever get political on social media it's not what my platform is about i it's too divisive and she was like really and i'm like yes and she sent me a message and she goes, you remember that conversation we had at breakfast two years ago? And she goes, I'm so proud of you. And I was like, oh my God, yes, I am proud of me too. But I, I came out on Facebook as a anti-racist. I'm not with you guys. I come from the South. I know my friend list. I'm not with you. Like that's what I came out and said. And I thought, okay, I'm going to lose some friends over it. The crazy part to me was I lost about 100 friends on Facebook. I had 350 emails unsubscribes, and I lost another hundreds of likes on Facebook, whatever. The scary part to me was that the people I lost thought I was with them all this time. Wow. And for me, that was a very big checkpoint. For anyone who's struggling, like, I'm just... Coming out, coming out as an anti-racist, <laughs> coming out yeah. like, oh my God, everyone should be equal. Psst. Yeah. You know, pass it on. Um, yeah. Think about the people that you will lose and why you have them now is because they think you're as bigoted racist in your heart and don't want to change. Like, that's the difference. We're all racist. I'm sorry. We're racist. It's a job to become anti-racist. That's the journey that we're on, but it's the people that want to stay in the, in the blind and, and act like this system is broke is broken. The system is broken, but act like the system is broken and, and are working or whatever. It's, it's those white people in your life that you do not want in your life, honestly, or the other, I got, kind of put down for this, like you should be trying to change people and and show them the way. Okay. Yes. Maybe I took the wrong approach, 
Um, so maybe yes or no. But that's what I learned from this is that so many people thought I was on their team. Yeah. And now that and is where the shame is. It's like, oh, God. Hmm. Again, because you guys haven't had to stretch. Right. Because you guys haven't had to evolve or grow. You know, it's nothing for me or my children to be in a situation again where I'm the minority. Right. Uh, my youngest daughter plays soccer. And so when we went out, you know, um, I said, okay, baby, I don't see anyone that looks like us. Are you good? And she was like, I'm so used to it. That was her answer. But that That's wasn't your question. Your question was, are you good? And I'll tell you something about um, any of my children. They'll let you know, not only are they American, right? Because of me, but they're Congolese, right? And they take pride in their African heritage. And um, so many times, and what makes me proud as a mother, because I, um, sorry. No, you're back. Uh, I, I, as a mother, I'm proud of their confidence because, you know, I really work on confidence. Um, I have self-esteem classes. I do coaching on confidence and I, you know, finding who you are from the inside out because for so long I was embarrassed, right? Mm. Because we would have history books. So let me tell you about history books, my white sisters and brothers. <laughs> history books are lies. Okay. They have pulled out a lot of information and put in lies. Okay. Not everything is a lie. I'm not, you know, I, I wouldn't do that. But they even will read what I was told. Now, I haven't opened a history book in a long time, but they've even reworded the portion on slave and make it instead of being black people were in slavery. It's like enslaved, almost like they had a choice whether or not to be in it. Okay. Oh, like I am slave or in versus enslaved right okay so almost like an option or a choice now i haven't opened a book but just you know as i was um kind of just reading and studying um and i saw that i was like what and so it, of course it took me back to my childhood i would purposely be sick during the time when they would talk about slaves let me tell you something I did not know how awesome black people were until I became an adult. I didn't know we, I thought all my life, because what I was taught, right, the system, that all we were were slaves. I, and then you heard about Martin Luther King, but you know, they killed him. So they right, they don't, no one liked him back then. Now everyone's like, oh, Martin Luther King. Yeah. We didn't like him. Like, right. And I was like embarrassed, like, okay. And then Harriet Tubman, they always showed the picture where her, she looking mean and, and rough. <laughs> so, you know, I'm like, do you see what I'm saying? And so, yeah. so with that, 
I would be sick on purpose because all it talked about was slaves. They didn't talk about us being inventors or entrepreneurs or kings and queens. They didn't talk about how the white people came and took us. Yeah. That was never in the narrative. That was never. So it's like, okay, I I had to learn who I was as an adult because I'm here trying to be okay, be this, because I was told you are so cool for a black girl or you're so pretty for a black girl Mm. or you you don't act black. You don't act black. Yeah. You don't sound black. that Say one that too. Again. You don't. You don't sound black, right? You get that oh, one too. Oh, honey, let me tell you all the different surprises that I give people when I show <laughs> up. On the scene. You're a surprise. And, <laughs> well, listen, and because I, you know, honey, um, let me see. Can you see me? I. <laughs> look at this. Look at well, I can show oh, it, my- but I, we're not going to talk about mine because we're talking about you. <laughs> But you see what I'm saying? So I come in, I'm hippie, I'm shapely. I come in with this big personality and people don't know what to say. But again, this is what I live. And so, you know, I'm proud to be black. I'm proud of who I am. And just, okay, side note, because you know I'm going to side note things. White sisters and brothers, listen to me. Stop saying I don't see color. I love everyone. Yeah. Then you take away who I am. Right. This I'm is black. what I learned recently. I learned that saying colorblind is the stupidest and also offensive thing to say. It's very offensive because I'm not ashamed of my blackness. I'm not ashamed of being black. I'm not ashamed of this dark. Look at this. This is so pretty. It's what? beautiful. It's beautiful. And you so age you- so much better than we do. Hello, white girls. Well, you can't tell is- how old <laughs> you look. Twenty four. You know. This is why I age well. I'm in the beauty. Remember, I was in the beauty industry, so I know how to take care of my skin as well. So I work on my skin. So I may be 47, but I may look about 35. And then, you know, when I'm out with my 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 kids, especially my 26 and 20 year old, you know, and people are looking at us like sisters. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. I will go ahead and lump you into a stereotype that black women age beautifully. Sorry. I'm not going to be sorry for that because it is true. That is just facts. <laughs> well, I'll say this. My mom is uh, be 80 in December and it's ridiculous how she yeah. looks. I'll just yeah. say that. Yeah. I'm just going to go ahead and own that. Yeah. Own that. Yeah. But yeah. But what else, what else do you want to know? Um, and again, Latrice is not speaking for all black people. She's not like the token spokesperson for all black people. I think that's an important construct. Um, but she is sharing our experiences. I I do want to talk about the, um, the idea of white supremacy in the system. I think this is where we as white people did not or do not get it. And I think, so let's talk about that. I'm working through me and white supremacy, which I mentioned earlier, but the definition of white supremacy, which makes people 
white people cringe because we're good people. I'm not a racist. I don't have white supremacy. That's not the point. The point is white supremacy is the system. It is unearned protection, privilege, and power. It was a system designed to keep what you mentioned, keep us white people asleep and unaware of that privilege and protection and power and what that has cost those who don't have it. So white yeah. supremacy is a system designed to keep us asleep. And, and awesome. because we don't even understand um, what we receive for our whiteness has come at a cost for those who don't have it. We white people cannot change our skin just like black people can. However, we can work to dismantle the system. So that is our calling. It is. It absolutely is. And that's the thing. Like, for instance, if I have a friend who, uh, okay, perfect example. I have a girlfriend who lost her husband a couple years ago. I don't know what that's like, mm -hmm. right? But what did I have to do? I had to figure out how to comfort her, how to minister to her, how to love her, what she needed in the midst of that, how to help her and walk her through the journey. That's all we're asking. Figure it out. Find out. Be a part of it. Was it uncomfortable even in that situation? Yeah. Right. And then. But but I wanted to stand and let her know I was for her. I was there. Yes. And it brought a sensitivity to me for widows. It brought a sense of, you know what, I need to do better reaching out to these women, especially in our church that have lost a husband or something like that. So it brought awareness. So my thing is with what's going on in the situations that are happening and transpired, transpired that we have to, you have to, my sister, my white sisters and brother have to get involved, take action. It's not time to be silent. It's time to use your white privilege. This is right. the time. Now's the time to use it for God. Now, now go, white people. To work the system. But I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. What's disheartening is when my friends are quiet. Mm. Yes. That has hurt. That has, let me tell you, and I hope I don't cry because I am a crybaby, but um, there has been so many white sisters and brothers of mine that have called me, texted me, inboxed me, and I just cried because it was like, wow, you know, they feel me, they love me, they, they want to do something, they want to be changed. They what want did they say? Like not to not what did they say that was the right because we want to do the right thing. What do, but it doesn't matter. I know that, but what did they say that was just like when someone dies, you don't know what to say. You just check on them. I'm checking on you, thinking of you. I'm checking on you. I'm praying for you if you're spiritual. Um you know, I had um, some people real honest. Uh, I don't know what to say to you, but I do want you to know I'm with you and whatever you need, I'm here. You know, mm -hmm. just just yeah. just be organic. Just Humans. Be Humans speak. <laughs> that, 
that's it. Yeah. And so those, now listen, let me tell you this. And I'm that person. I'm very open. I don't hold grudges unless you fool with my kids. But, um, but those that have been silent, you can't give me the excuse, right? That I didn't know what to say. Because even as I post, I'm giving you the opportunity. You're, you're, you can like it and share it. Like that's something. <laughs> something. Lend your voice. So what I told my, my kids is it's going to look different now because I can't let you go to a white house that's silent because now the, the line has been drawn in the sand. Wow. I don't know if that prejudiced racist uncle will be there and you're there. Wow. That you have so to think about that. Oh, my God to think about that because you're silent and your silence a lot of times silence is agreement yes it is i noticed that when all my friends left they thought i agreed with them right so i can't you can't just be racist you know i'm not racist you can't because that just means you don't have that in your heart you have to be anti meaning when you're with the majority and they say nigga or they say, look at that black person or, you know, let's just be real. If we're going to be honest, you know, that's a word that's always used when we're not around. Well, when we're around, too. But you know what I'm saying? It's comfortable when you're with the majority. Right. And I need you to be an ally. So yes. I need you to be anti-racist. Racist. You're fighting Racist. It. When you're with your uncle and your cousins. Right. And they're talking about, um, you know, jet. <laughs> let me let me just stop. But when you're, <laughs> when you're with them and you don't say anything. Yes. How can I trust you to protect my child? Correct. How can I trust you? So this year when you say, hey, can uh, my, you know, my child, Amina or, you know, Naomi um, come over? No, no, absolutely not. No, Mm-mm. this, this, this is too important. Right. Where we are right now in America, it's, it's too important and you can't go back. You, you just can't. And so, no, no, you can't. No, and she let, can't. No, you can't. And, and sitting on the... And this, this may sound like self-preservation, but I want you to really think about it, white people, <laughs> my, my white people friends. You don't want to be on the wrong side of history on this. Like, right. you know how bad that's going to smell to your children and your grandchildren when you are right, like those people? Let me tell you why. Because this new generation, they ain't playing and they no. ain't scared. And I'm using eight. Listen. <laughs> that's your Kansas coming out. <laughs> right. They ain't scared and they're going, they're going to fight, you know? And so you don't want to be like, you know, your grandson talk about grandpa. You, you didn't do nothing. Yeah. No, because here's the thing, this generation, they integrating with each other. You're seeing more mixed couples than yeah. ever before. Yeah. And so 
if nothing else, look at what the future is about to hold for you, baby. You're about to have a black grandchild. How about that? And so we don't even want to get into the churches when, you know, a, a, a white family can go to a black church up until it's time to start dating. And a lot of times after that, oh, they do sell. No wow. kidding. I didn't because even, because wow. it's, it's right. But see, yeah, you're here's right. the thing. When uh, there's a white white preacher and a mixed congregation, it's okay. But when it's a black preacher in a mixed congregation, you see them sift away. I've watched it. I've wow. watched that over and over again. Being in ministry, I see it. We don't, we're not threatened by a white preacher with a mixed congregation. We're like diversity. Diversity, yes. But let your kids say, um, Amina, Grace, Antoinette Kabuya, a real Congolese name, is cute. And it's a, it's a done deal. It's, it, it's time to go. I had um, um, my um, classmates, we had went to a funeral and of one of our beloved teachers. And, you know, I'm cute. Listen, black, white, green, and purple. I'm cute no matter what. As long as you can see, you know I'm cute. And this is quarantine <laughs> month. But what I will say is this. I was dressed all nice, all prettied up and dolled up. And um, it was um, about four white guys, four white classmates who I love. Um, and we were talking about the past. And one guy said, Latrice. Man, I wanted to date you so bad, but my parents wouldn't let me. And then another one piped up and said, same here, same here. Wow. They thought they were complimenting me. I was, see, let me tell you about Latrice. Latrice loves God, is saved, received Jesus. And so, but Latrice has had to work on her cussing. Okay. <laughs> and so I wanted to, and you know, Jesus is not through with me quite yet. Okay. So I wanted to say, get the F out of here. That's no compliment. That's ignorant. You should have kept that to yourself. Yeah. What is, oh, so I'm privileged because you think I'm cute. You like me. Do you know who I am? I'm a powerful black woman, baby. You wish you could have me. You can't even handle me. Right. Do you see what I'm saying? So these are the things that we go through every day. This is a day in the life of Latrice. Is this literally a day? Like, like every day there's some, and I, I don't have, I think Jesus used a lot of cuss words. So I think that every day has got bullshit. Cause the funny thing about me is I'm really irreverent, but I grew up very much in church. I can quote the Bible. Like the other night on Jeopardy was like the shortest verse in the Bible. I was like, what is Jesus wept? And but my husband's like, you know, it's like every once in a while, like it'll come out. Um, but, but I always, I challenge people all the time. Like Jesus was cussing when he was overturning the temple tables. I'm sorry. He wasn't like, excuse me, let me say, you know, he wasn't like, oh, excuse me, loved one, little sheep and lamb. Let me turn this table. Over. No, I don't believe it. It's okay. I'm gonna, I'll tell you this. I almost agree, but the guy, Olivier, <laughs> let me tell you about Olivier. When you meet him, you'll be like, okay, 
okay, this is Jesus' son. Like, I call him <laughs> baby Jesus. When I tell you, it's been 18 years, and he has not said a cuss word yet. And I know I get on his nerves sometimes. Wow. How, yes. Yes. That's, no, so that's, that's amazing. Yes, Yummy and, yes, and, and pious. <laughs> <laughs> right. Wow, that's impressive. Exactly. Okay, so I will. I see your argument. I will. I will concede. If you have been married to a man who has not said a cuss word in eighteen years, maybe Jesus didn't cuss when he turned the tables over. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> he's been, uh, and he has been upset, and that's why I call him baby Jesus. So I'm like, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how. <laughs> so, but yeah, this is our life. This is this is daily. You know, even when the girls, we have a quick trip um, here, you know, in Kansas City, and they want to go down the street to a quick trip, and you know, my daughters drive, and I always have to prep them first. So um, I always have to prep them before they leave, right? And so all I'm saying is that, you know, we're tired. Yeah. We're, we're tired. We're tired. I love being Black. I love, I love our rich history. I love who we are. I, I love how we can overcome because we was chilling in Africa and that, you know, and when we were stolen and brought here, like what in the Sam Hill are we doing? But still, even in that, we have overcome and we're entrepreneurs and we're CEOs and we're this and we're that. And we still have a system that has been on our neck for years. Mm. America's always been on our neck. We just got to see it in manifestation yes. form. That's all. That's Ugh. it. That's it. All right. We have four minutes on Instagram. We can continue recording on, on Zoom. But um, you, there's a question from um, one of my friends from the South. How do, how do we meet? How, how do we show up for you? Like you asked, what do you want to talk about? What do you, what do you need? <laughs> like, what do you need? Like that's, well, that's, that's the question. And how do we meet you? How do we say, I, I, how do we meet you and say, I'm with you? And, and what do we do? Not like teach me, but like right. genuinely. Well, I think the first thing um, is expand your circle. Um, one of the things that I do just in general, especially because now I'm getting my master's um, in clinical um, work, social work, um, I still seek out people. And it doesn't matter if they're black or white. Yeah, because I'm, I'm just kind of, it doesn't matter if they're Asian, Indian, it, it doesn't matter. So I think you have to expand your, your circle, right? Your community. And so if that is nothing else, it, you're on social media. So start following people that don't look like you. Yeah. Start edu educating yourself through the lens of several black people, because my story is my story as a black woman, but the other person's story may be different. You know what I'm saying? So start um, start learning. Um, read, read. Um, you you keep mentioning, you know, you're reading a lot. I'm, I don't like to read a whole lot, but <laughs> it's important because it empowers you. It gives you knowledge. So it is it's key, especially now in this turning point in America 
but don't read books like um, Cosmopolitan or magazines like Cosmopolitan. Get you an ebony. Get oh. you an essence. Right. Get you wow. something that you don't know nothing about. Start reading. My professor, one of my professors, um, I did a paper on black hair and the prejudice against us wearing our natural hair. Right. And being in the TV industry, I had to be very cautious and mindful like this right here. I will take this out after we're done because these are snap ins. But my thing was I was more accepted with this look than a natural. So yeah. I had so I had to educate because he swore that it was not true that it. So I start sending him um documentation and um and courts um you know that had lawsuits on you know regarding so i think you have to start educating um what there's movies what is that one um 13 on, yeah, netflix. on netflix watch it it's gonna make you uncomfortable you're gonna even be like this is not true this is a lie no, no. Be open. Be ready to receive. If you really want to change, your heart will be open. Because the one thing about black people is that majority of them, we're, we're, we'll, we'll take you back in. That's yeah. why we do what we do in America. Because we're so forgiving. Our Us as black people, we are such forgivers. Yeah. And, and we'll yeah. continue, right? And so... Make yourself available to the minority. Yeah. 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 Okay, we have one minute. We have one minute. I I wanna say real quick. This journey, this this understanding white supremacy, healing our nation, creating a new system. This is not personal growth work for white people. This is about saving lives. Okay, so this is not, oh, we're going to be better people. No, this is about saving lives, making a difference, dismantling a system. So um, thank you, Latrice. We're going to continue on Zoom, but Instagram's giving me the countdown. Where can people follow you? I mean, obviously, go click on her name and go follow yes. her. But yes. other than that, you have a podcast. and I do. It's called Insights with Latrice. It's on Tuesdays and Thursdays, 7 p.m. Central Time. Tonight, I'll be on with yummy olivier tonight oh yummy will be on okay yes. <laughs> all right well i'm gonna end instagram and then we're gonna pop over but thank you everyone i will say this i appreciate um those that have reached out and wanting to get the information no matter what it may look like you know like you know, like I told you earlier in the game that, you know, some people may be like, uh, they should have been woke and all of that. We we can't go back to that. We just got to move forward and make some change now. And we can't do this for a couple of weeks and then call it quits. This is ongoing. And because of the way things have happened and have been happening we can't go back. So we can't be juiced up for the next couple of weeks, couple of months, and then go back to our comfortable place. Right. You have to continue to push and fight and be allies, be a voice. That's the biggest thing is, especially um, my white sisters and brothers who have a big platform, a large platform, allow voices to be heard that normally wouldn't be heard. Um, 
dealing with race and racism and and all that. Um, so there is understanding and there is um, because I still think that we we it's OK. We we. I'm okay with educating. I'm okay talking about it. I'm okay sharing my experiences because um, you don't know. You, you don't have to do what I do. You don't have to set, look at um, someone that wants you to speak at an event and have to be like, okay, okay, what part of town is this? Okay. Olivier, do you think you can get off that day so we can go? Because you just don't know what's going to jump off, right? Because the person who's having the event may be cool, but the people invited to the event, when they see me, may get upset. Wow. So We don't know. I mean, we don't think about the never, never. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what we think about. So I grew up in Savannah, Georgia. And so what I would think about when I had to go to an event is would there be black people there that I got to worry about? And that's honest in that, because that was the programming. So in Savannah, it's very segregated. The downtown, you know, the, it's very segregated. It's almost, and then I moved to Atlanta, which same sort of issues, white suburbs, but there's more diversity in Atlanta, a little, you know, but growing up, it was like, Hey, I'm going to go downtown and smoke cigarettes at the coffee shop. Cause that's what I did. And it was like, Oh, you're going, you're going downtown. That's where, where the black people live. Okay. And I mean, that is true. But that here's is the true. thing. The South, y'all don't play. Y'all are openly prejudiced. Yeah. Okay. Whereas yep. Midwest, we're passively prejudiced. So you may think I like you, right? Um, you may think I like you, Black girl, but I really don't. But we're passive here in the Midwest. Let me tell you, my husband and I went to Dallas for business. And so we were driving the Mercedes and I got out the car. This white old man looked at me when I tell you in disgust, like, how dare you be? I mean, when I tell you his look was so horrific. Well, being Latrice, can I help you? (laughs) How can and he I? was like, oh. I said, sir, can I help oh you? Oh my gosh, though. You need. And he walked away. See, I'm not playing with you, sir. I'll, right. I'll hit an old man now. <laughs> I'll hit. I'll hit I'll I'm have so sorry I didn't meet you when I was in Kansas. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, so it's just those things now. Hear me oh, here's a white people story for you. I was almost, this was what just came in my head and I'm just going to call it. Okay. Um, yeah, this happens to me when people see me with tattoos. <laughs> Not the same, but in my mind, I'm like this, cause, but old white people will look at people with tattoos that way, but it's not the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but you get it. So, okay, so when people see you with tattoos, they automatically will form a, an opinion, right? A biased opinion, right? Right. But it's still not as aggressive, right? Right. Where you can still walk, do whatever you need to run, you know, versus when it is yours. That was a choice for you to get a tattoo, all the tattoos. 
when you're this, right? And it's still people just, I mean, and then, but then you have this. Let me tell you, Meredith, what's so funny is that you have the other side of it too, because, you know, my husband's very proper. I'm very country and loud. Um, My kids, you know, they are very proper, right? So it's also, oh, I just love the kabuyas. Why? Because we don't fit that stereotype that you were taught. Mm. And so, and and now hear me, hear me. I'm not, oh, always listening to hear prejudice. No, no, no. You just know the response. You just know how people act. You know that it's like, I'm so impressed that them two black people could raise those five little eights. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's the thing. Because mm. again, think about it. If you go back to history, what were we always compared to? Apes. So, so right there, again, dehumanizing, not giving us value. So it's almost like the token black family. They're so cute and they're well behaved. Put them in a museum so we can go look at them and we can have entertainment. Yeah. Listen, because listen, my white brothers and sister love our culture. They oh, love yes. It. Yes. Listen. Because it's amazing. They, they they love our culture. They just don't love us. And that's what's sad. Yeah. Well, we're yeah. I'm I'm loving you. I love you, Meredith. I You're am. My new friend. You I know. You are my new friend. And, you know, I'm being nosy because I'm looking back there. Bye, sweetie. Uh, So can can you come here for just a moment? I want to show you something. So this is my 20-year-old. Bend down. My 20-year-old. That's Morgan. This, and she goes to HBCU. This, I'm telling you, here in the Midwest, Oh, she get do you get stares all the time and looks? Mm-hmm. But then when she goes back to HBCU and she's on her campus, it, it's oh my gosh, look at this beautiful, beautiful. So I sorry. <laughs> so I love the fact. Hi, baby. Have be safe. I love you. Okay, baby. Um, I love the fact that she embraces her. She doesn't care what you think. She doesn't care about the looks. You know. Um, oh, look, can I feel your hair? Cat punching your eye. I learned that one way long ago. I can't believe people still do that. But I, yeah, there. Okay, for any white people that are listening that have not understood this message, do not at, do not touch, do not ask, do not move your hand toward another person, any person, like any person's head, <laughs> to touch someone's Just- hair because one, it's not your hair to touch. Number two. When you do that, you we're imply not, that, that we're not, they are your property to touch. And that we're almost that we're, um, what is it? Um, a novelty. Like a, yeah, like we should a be side in a museum. A sideshow. Right, like, yeah. Like it's like, what? My hair is just my hair. And so, um, but you know what? It This is America. And um, we just have a lot of work to do. Yeah. At the end of the day, but it doesn't take away my love for my people and my black, white, 
brown, every everybody. I love people just in general. I love people and I love that we're different. I love, you know, I love that. To me, it's like, let me know, because let me tell you, I don't know everything. I don't know, you know, Asians or, um, you know, Mexicans or whatever, because I was engaged to a Mexican guy for three and a half years in my, in my former life. And I always ask questions because I didn't know. Yeah. And so I wanted to know, I wanted to understand, I wanted to, so it's, it really is okay. It really is okay. Right. But, um, you have but to, don't, you have to know that you don't know and say you don't know and quit acting like, you know, because <laughs> you, you don't know, because you don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> complete that. Yeah. Bottom, and it's okay. It doesn't take away from anything. Um, if you're my friend, you'll get to know me. You'll get to understand me because I need you to love me the way I need to be loved, not the way you think I should be loved. You know, we talk about being married, love language. You know, my husband knows I like um, affirmation and I love time. That's my love language, right? So as my white friend, my white counterpart, I need you to know my love language. Yeah, I need you to know how to love me. Even mine is too. So we should just get along. We'll just love on each other with affirmations and time. We can do it. Because I need to come (laughs) up there on the East Coast. I haven't been up there to speak anywhere. So I need to find my my way there. So, So, yeah, absolutely. And I just appreciate you for this platform. Um, because you know you don't have to do this. There are so many other ways that you could do it, but I think this is powerful um, because we have to talk about something that's not comfortable. Yeah, You have to hear things that aren't easy to hear, and then you have to also hear with the intent to change. Yes. And so your heart has to be open. And so I appreciate that, that... Um, that that's what you're doing and, and you're helping others because that's who we are as leaders, right? We promote change in everything. Yeah. Even yeah. in this. So well, and I want, you know, part of part of me opening my platform is not I mean, I want to make myself feel better for sure. Like let's be transparent. This makes me feel like I'm being a good person. And white people want to be good people. But this holds me to account for being a part of the change. Because if Mm -hmm. I have a slew of black people on my podcast for the next five Mm -hmm. days, and then you start to scroll through my podcast and it's all white people, because my podcast was very white. It was, I had a few, you know, this is what I am standing up and saying, I am part of this change and I'm going to prove it to you. And and part of me is when I say I'm going to do something, I go do it. Yeah. (laughs) And so absolutely. I want to be a part of that. And I want my audience to go, okay, yeah, we're, we're doing it too. Cause she's doing it just like they do everything else. I do like triathlons. We're going to do this too, people. Exactly. And that's yeah. the beauty yeah. of it. Because like, for instance, like I said, that I actually, you know, do um, seminars and stuff. So uh, my speakers are always diverse. My attendees are always diverse. If you look at any of my guests on the podcast, you you don't, if you don't, didn't know who I was, you don't know if I'm black or white, green or purple, because it it's not about the color, Right. Um, and I have been criticized, you know, Mm. that 
Latrice, you, you, you just bring everybody. What about us? Well, us is important. So I'm always going to be down with us. But I love us, right? Yeah. You love, I love humans. Us. I do. All lives matter. But right now we're talking about black lives because they have no value. Right. So I can't say to you, um, you know, or when white people say to us, don't say black lives matter. That's offensive. So dumb. God, do you, like anyone listening, do you know how dumb you are? If you're saying that, like you're dumb. I'm like, <laughs> of course, white lives matter. Hello, where have you been? It's the system. We've already covered this in part one. <laughs> you know, and so I had to, I, I didn't argue because that's one thing. I'm not going to argue about what's going on. You just don't want to see it. Right. But just the, the mentality of, I had, there was one person that said, well, we still need to see all the evidence. Oh my gosh. No, no, not with, no. You know, I will say this since since we're on here. The the one concern that I've heard me being a former lawyer is that the charges aren't hard enough. And and that is so true, but I think yeah. the legal twist in this is if if these cops are charged too hard, they will walk under the law. And so yeah. while their justice is going to have to be served with a lesser included offense and a lot of counts, you know, like not. Yeah. To, and, and so I like, that's one of the dialogues that I think needs to be talked about just in the yes. legal sense. Yes. Um, you know, charge him with third degree, but also get him on, you know, whatever yeah. assault and, and this yes. and this and this, and they Absolutely. each have seven year sentences and they're served consecutively. And yeah. then he's gone for 75 years. Like yes. that needs to be the goal. That's Absolutely. justice. But you know, what was interesting? Cause I just saw, and I might be late to the party is that, the three officers, there's an Asian, white, and black. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm so confused. That's all I needed to say about that. I, and I That's haven't watched the news in two days because I've been too mad. Um, and I'm confused, too, and I yes. need to go read on it. But I, I think I'm, it's just like it's. Yeah, th that's a good term. Confused. I'm so confused. And and then I guess, too, I'm just so confused with. Um, Humanly, how can you like me and that officer would have been? I would have been smacking his head or something, you know. Yeah. I would have been doing something. Um, and again, you know, I'm I'm not gonna put my you know say too much other than um, they'll they're gonna have to reap what they sow. They're they're yeah. going they're they're going to have to um deal with the consequences yes. um, of their actions. The, the interesting thing, and not interesting, but, um, and I, I don't know the name of the, the man who was there, who witnessed, he was on CNN and I'm sorry, I don't know his name, um, but he was a black man and he was, and, and no, like he stood there and watched it, but knowing he had to stand there and watch it or he would have been killed like that. You know, me as a white woman, I could have come barreling down yes. the street like a crazy oh. woman, buck naked, jumped on the cop and yes, I would have lived. Like lived. that's, that's the difference in Honey, all of this. So the, yeah, lived. lived. And that's why I said, um, you know, that's why I, I just, I have to be very mindful um, because yeah. even though, 
um, it's an attack against black lives, period. But our target is our black men. Right. Our target. And so I send texts to my husband, even before this started, um, come home to me, hmm. be safe. I send mine, don't come home. <laughs> Just kidding. But I don't worry about my white man yeah, going yeah. outside. I don't worry so, about him. Yeah, like, no, gosh. no, this, yeah. So those are our, our dialogues, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. So it, we have a lot to do. There's a lot. We this have is, a lot to do. We, we white people. All, we all. We, we have all, a lot to do. Because we also have become comfortable with um, America's foot on our neck, too. Because uh-huh. as long as we, um, and this is a whole nother podcast, but as long as, you know, a couple of us make it, we think it's okay. You know, good job. Mm. Good job. And then we forget. We forget just three generations back, your grandma was a slave, boo. But now you only talk to white people. You don't fool with nobody. But see, wow. I'm, Carol, I can get you to a whole nother level. Yes. Well, I mean, let's not make let's not make this a one time thing. Like I'm, Absolutely. you know, I I actually I'm in. Um, the Handel method, I'm in their inner you program and we make promises and set consequences. And part of my promise and consequences this month is spending daily time, you know, learning, educating myself, practicing what I'm saying, like putting my money where my mouth is. So we don't like this. This is not stop here. We are going to be friends. Sorry. Yes. (laughs) You must be my friend. I need black friends. You're one of my token black friends to start. I do have a few black friends and I texted them because I had questions and I said, I don't mean to be p- tagging you black friend. You're it. And white girl's got a question, but white girl has a question. And they were like, we, you're my friend. You can ask the questions yes. <laughs> because you, yes. you know, so absolutely. And, yeah. absolutely. It's absolutely. good. So. Well, I have to go because I have an appointment. I know you do too. Thank yes. you, my friend. Thanks. We're going to, we're going to talk soon and absolutely. thank you again for this. I appreciate you. All Take right. care, honey. Bye. Right. Bye. Thank you for joining me on this episode of the same 24 hours. Remember to rate, review, and share this podcast. It really matters. I appreciate it. See you next time.